What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? Kofi, Warrior you, James? Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. Never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC. Welcome to episode one, wrestling on the rocks. I'm at Ref Marsh. We got WTR of the show with me today for my a Thursday night chaser, Miss Amanda Jane. Well, hey everybody. Yeah, I messed up and I didn't have my mic on, so take a drink. Technical difficulties. Only episode one. Nobody worry. Oh, God. It, well, it's not my fault this time. Yes, this time. Yeah, I, I had a, yeah, I, would, I felt like I was running a track record almost two weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fox already in the chat. Cheers to Splinter Fox. Amanda, what's in your drink? What do you, what do you got? What's in your glass? Well, I've got a plethora of beverages. Uh, not only do I have regular Coke. Uh-huh. But we are doing tonight the Golden State Cider, the Mighty Dry, the original. So no oh, Jamaica today. I forgot today. to write that down. I meant to write that oh, down yeah. last well, time. Oh yeah, well, not like I don't have a lot. So shout yeah. out to that. So I'm drinking it in my handy dandy little guy here. It's fall. I feel like, you know, fall is like apples. I don't like pumpkin shit. So. It's called the Golden State Cider? Yeah, it is the Golden State Cider. And there's a little on the can. There's a little uh, um, little otter right here, basking in, a, in, in a the big sun. clam, right? No, that's not a clam. It's a sun. He's I in the water. In Why would... He's not in a clam. It looks like a clam. Oh, well, if it looks like a clam, no, because okay, I I don't know how much you can see the detail, but look, I mean, he oh, hard to show, but mm. you pull up their website and you'll see he's actually floating in the water, and that's the sun going down. It's very hippie looking, you know, like you could also say he's, you know, swimming in orange juice with an orange behind him. But I don't know. True. Let me see. Oh, yeah. See? Yeah, now I see him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, though, if you had like maybe 10 of them or so, you'd probably think that he wasn't a clam. But, you know. But then yeah. again, I don't think clams don't have shit like that, right? In the in the clam, I don't know. The only yeah, thing I'm pearl. thinking of, or... it could be a pearl in there. But you know what I mean, mm-hmm. I thought he was holding like a little pearl in a big clam. I thought that those are oysters that have the pearl. Is that an oyster thing? I thought clams had. I don't know pearls. I don't know. All, all I know is I'm thinking of you know in Alice in Wonderland in the cartoon, the oysters. With oh, yeah, the water. carpenter. Yeah, you can see the little yeah. water waves on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. It could be, an, like I said, it could be an orange juice, and that's big orange behind it. Be. I don't know. We, you know. Jamaica cider? Interpret- wow. Yeah. Interpret it as you will. Yeah. Oh, the, the which one? Jamaica. They have a Jamaica cider. That's a pretty popular warm- drink over here in the Southwest. What, the, the pink one? 
the red label? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was calling it Jamaica, but anyways. Oh, it's Jamaica. Jamaica. <laughs> okay, well, excuse me, excuse me. Ginger grass. Yeah, no, they got some pretty cool one ones in there. That's the one I drank last week um, with the hibiscus and the champagne yeast. Mm. So it's a little bit yes. more, like, not as cidery. Very, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. tasty. But I want the uh, the ones, the limited edition ones, the um, the uh, the pineapple one, and then the um, I think today's it's guava is the new one, the paradise. Oh, yeah. Ones. Radical Paradise and yep. yeah, yeah. Radical Paradise is amazing. I've only had it on tap because that's how they only used to sell it. Was oh, on that tap. one is is apples infused with pineapples and cinnamon sticks. Yes, it's amazing. I'm a huge awesome. fan of that one. Yeah. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, very good, very good stuff. Uh, I'm just having some crystal light tea with some vodka, and I put some mint CBD in there just to uh, help with my back a little bit, and. Uh, mm-hmm. So give it a little minty kick, and it's great. It's actually great. Nice, very nice. Yeah, big fan, big very fan. Nice. Good times. Well, let's start off with the easy stuff. This week was, um, yeah, I felt like there was a lot of like um, hits and misses. You know, as per usual, I was surprised at what I did like, and based off a lot of the chatter online, I was surprised at things that I expected to like more than I did, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll have a good time with it. We want to hit us with a few birthdays. Oh yeah, birthdays are kind of light this week, but today, a couple of people. First of all, Ayo, rest in peace, man. It would have been your birthday. Yeah, today, happy so. birthday, Scott Hall. Scott Hall, um, Chavo Guerrero, happy birthday. Uh, oh. and then uh, a lot of cool birthdays. Uh, D'Lo Brown has a birthday. He had a oh, really you better recognize. Match. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he had a great match. I thought with Ethan Page at the uh, the LA. It was the LA Confidential one where Gage and um, Arquette. That would be a great one to uh, do a watch along to. I think that'd be a fun one. D'Lo, Nick Gage, and Arquette. No, 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 no. D'Lo fought Ethan Page on that same show, oh. but it's from that night. Yeah, but I think that Gage and Arquette that'd be a good one. A watch along. It's a classic one. It is a yeah, classic. Only because, you know, like, he really didn't... You can tell during that match, he really didn't know who Nick Gage was. Yes. You could totally tell. So Did you see the documentary the, thing that he made with RJ one? City? The documentary mm-hmm. with RJ City, the uh, You Can't yeah. Kill David Arquette? Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen that. I I've only that. seen parts of it, but I want to mm-hmm. see it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Uh, and still... Brandon DeRay's champion, Ty Valkyrie, happy birthday. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that what she's doing right now, if you've kind of seen a little bit what she's doing with Rosemary and Jessica, because Jessica's sick. And she just beat Camille, then, right? Yeah. she. Oh, that was a war, her and Camille. That wasn't that was for a title, war. was it? Yes, it was. It was for what the title? Reina's, the Reina's, Reina's championship, the AAA one. Okay. Yeah. Because it was triple mania. I guess that's Camille's first loss. Yeah. So that shocked me actually to be to be you know honest. Like I thought maybe, you know, Camille would get it because I mean she's much improved since when we first saw her wrestle and everything. Mm. And she hadn't had a loss yet. But 
it yeah. was a it was a pretty pretty decent battle right there. And then of course, if anyone did watch Triple Mania, you might have seen some really crazy gringo up in the front row. Shout out to Roy. Ah, Roy shout out to a friend of the totally, show, Roy. Yep, totally there, just loving the, that lucha life. And man, some of yeah. his photos were great. And he was telling me about the uh, the GCW um, the junkyard show that they usually do. After the day after AAA, and mm-hmm. how Jan- he was talking about, he said Janella is just a beast. Yeah, Janella slid his his uh, one of his arteries in his arm. Yeah, didn't notice it, and then all of a sudden looked down like, oh, it's gushing. Oh, yeah, that's a lot. But yeah, just kept on going, and he said he was fine. All it took was two couple stitches, and that was it. So, mm. got it to you, Joey Janella. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it looked really it looked really cool though. I mean, you could definitely tell that um, GCW is one where, you know, they're they're going worldwide. I mean, Japan they're going back again, and obviously the things they're doing in Mexico. So, and I think they went to the UK. So, lots of lots of stuff coming out from them. So, yeah, kind of cool to see that evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, then a favorite of the shows. Let's put our wine glasses up. Carmel's birthday. Oh, this we got a little Capricornia back yep. here too. Yep. See cheers back and happy birthday to Carmela. A cheersy, cheersy. Yep, yep. Uh, Triple Scorpio having a birthday this week. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, hold on, hold on, lost one. Uh, one of my personal favorite New Japan. Well, actually, even beyond. New Japan. One of my personal like favorites, Taka Michinoku. Happy birthday! Oh, I love Taka growing up. Love Taka. Taka's great. I mean, him and Zack Saber Jr. That was the best little combo right there. And then they tried to like throw Tai Chi on me and to make them likable. Well, they're kind of likable now because they have this weird little gay banter that's kind of cute. Yeah, they want to get married and whatever. Um, and it's really kind of funny to see with. Zack Sabre's well he speaks Japanese but not like you know well maybe it's fluent I don't know but it, it, it's cute to see uh, let's see here former WWE uh, diva Rosa Mendez happy birthday hmm. you know you don't hear much about her like you hear about you know how some of these other ladies have you know been doing around from that era but you don't hear much about her though yeah yeah so I thought that was a little a little interesting with that one. Um, so who do we have? Uh, for uh, those who, um, well, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to put this the nicest way. There are at least two people who do not wish you a happy birthday. I am one of them. Mm-hmm. So, Phil, happy birthday. Mm. I think I wish you'd get hit by a truck when walking across the street in Wicker Park but you know yeah and I, was, I saw some rumor mills trying to say that they're coming to terms with the return between him and the elite and all that because they added him in a video package for the Ring of Honor thing I don't think that you can read that much into it I think they were trying they to highlight all the champions yeah. of Ring of Honor in there. If anybody is going to be coming back to Ring of Honor, I have a feeling that maybe Nigel McGuinness might be... Yeah, uh, that wouldn't be a shock. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for that, and honestly, like, I'm always in the camp of 
you know, Nigel and, you know, in Ring of Honor, man, that, you know, that's always like old home to me, but you know. So those are our birthdays this week. So happy birthday to everybody but one. Yep. And you put that on yourself. Yep. But wait a minute. I thought someone was suing somebody. That's what I mean. I think people are reading into it because on this week's Dynamite, the Ring of Honor package had um, Phil in it. And and then during the trios match, Shivani said something like the inaugural champs was the elite. Um, Spinner Fox says, I was shocked they said the elite on TV. And I was like, wow. I think that there's also a certain point where... You you can't... You have to acknowledge something. Yeah. I mean, if you also don't want to be compared to WWE all the time... Especially when you try and compare yourself to WWE all the time, the last thing you're going to want to do is is erase history and pretend something never happened because it's a very Vince thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so if you're trying to say you're different then, and as long as you're not acknowledging the fallout or whatever the altercation or, or backlash or potentially whatever libel suit, any of that stuff, you don't acknowledge any of that, but you acknowledge the characters as having existed as champions i think mm-hmm. you are fine and i don't think it means they're coming back i'm not saying they aren't but i'm saying i don't i think people are reading too much into that particular thing people are dumb though that's the yeah. thing it's like, let it Fox be. says I he mean, doesn't even watch aew live anymore says he's over it it's crazy <clears throat> yeah i don't blame turns you. out turns out we were right all along i'm just kidding <laughs> we usually are right all along that's a good point that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, you want to start off with AEW and then we'll talk some NXT? Yeah, Because the sure. only stuff that's news, really news-wise at all, is stuff that happened within the program and is worth talking about. Like, obviously, Paige was injured and it was not as severe as people thought. So, I mean, good news. But, um, oh, the only hey. other news uh, that I saw was um, real sad, tears in our beers. Kevin Nash's son passed away. I think he was like 26 years old. I don't know the cause or anything like that, but just tragic and awful. And yeah, it just sucks. It just sucks. Like, what are you going to do? Uh, so yeah, thoughts go out to him and well wishes to the family as far as, you know, just getting through it. Like it's an impossible thing, you know? Uh, so yeah, that's a hard one. But yeah, so. um, there was a little chatter about um, with Tony Storm. I guess mm. saying that she's thick of this whole interim women's shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. No, what is it? And you had thoughts about it. Because, I mean... Her entire segment, I watched mute. And I'm not saying I did that because I didn't want to hear her commentary like that. Just kind of the way that I ended up having to watch shows this week. I was kind of picking <laughs> and choosing what I was listening to. And when it comes to Tony Storm versus Sheeta, commentary is not going to bring anything to me. I am already fans of both of them, and I already want to watch them. And look, like it or not, commentary has never on this show added story or depth to any characters that I've already enjoyed. Sometimes they'll fill in some gaps about people who I have no idea who they are. I know Tony and Sheeta well enough. I didn't feel necessary to listen to what they had to say. And I'm more often than not uh, uh, annoyed by their commentary than otherwise. So um, I just didn't listen to it with sound so if they said anything about champion versus interim i, I missed it no 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 that was actually new- tony storm was quoted <clears throat> oh what'd you say <clears throat> saying that she isn't 
she's just think of this interim title. Basically kind of alluding to is Rosa faking or injury. Um, let me see. Spinner Fox says, yeah, that sucks. Nash, we're thinking about you. And yeah, I blank out commentary, mostly raw. Uh, and I get, I mean, it's all preferences. Like, I get it. But um, she said that in interviews. She doesn't think of it as an interim championship. She, she's tired of get, calling it an interim championship. She's the champion. Why are we doing that? And it's basically, I think, alluding to the fact that it's under Rosa faking it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Such fucking that's so bogus too. Because Thunder's definitely, definitively not faking it. No. This is a serious back injury she has, and she can't just go in there and take bumps. Yeah. And she's not the kind of person. It, you know, it, it was hard for her to even tell people. Like when you, we she did her announcement. Yeah. It was hard for her. You can tell. You know. Yeah. And I think that. Um, Honestly, at the end of the day, it's great to have a lot of these really powerful women around. Mm-hmm. Because for me, the less and less we see of Dr. Britt Baker DMD is better. The better. Because I think that, like, with Sheeta, and this is what I got out of that match, was, you know, Sheeta was actually, for me, a lot more because of their, their history. It actually drew me in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Than a match that she would have with anybody else, and then now yeah. with Rio back, that's going to be another interesting little little thing that happens. Um, so we'll see. But that's what I got out of the match. I mean, it was a great match, but you know, that's what I got out of it was you look. I looked at it in a different way because these are people who work together in pretty much that style of what she did. You know is used to and what you know she does when she's not in uh in the states yeah yeah i I mean i did like the match i thought it was pretty solid i didn't give any i didn't couldn't care less that riho had showed up other than it's going to be something for me i i've never enjoyed a single moment of riho whatever it's fine if people like her that's cool but i'm not gonna sit there and watch a a match of hers with tony storm it's she's unrealistic to me because what she's not even 100 pounds well she also doesn't hit people like not only is she light and small but it's not like she's like throwing her body weight into people she's like she's i mean for better or worse she's protecting the opponent a lot but she doesn't look like she's even getting close to connecting you might as well be throwing around a pillow putty like buddy it's ridiculous during that that segment when she ran out i was like oh it looks like she dropped kick whoever pretty hard but anyways yeah, I've never but, gone into that. Uh, Spinfox is saying, I'm tired of AEW trying to be like it, uh, like UFC. Throw that stuff out the window and forget about the rankings, too. They're so meaningless. I agree with that, too. Like, realistically, if uh, Sandra Rosa's injured, right? If she can't defend the title in 30 days or more, then reinstate that kind of rule. I know WWF had it for a long time. It was, hey, if you can't defend the championship in 30 days, then we strip the championship of you. Like, it sucks, but that's the fact of the matter i'm not saying that i wish they would strip the title off of thunder but having not stripped the title off of thunder what have we really done here now we're undermining the person and we're not just rooting for the healing of a 
of a person or character. You know what I mean? Like at this point, now their storyline that they're building in between Tony and Brit and everyone else and what they're saying to the dirt sheets and stuff is that she's faking it. I mean, are we in a spot that's like better now because of that? Like, I mean, maybe they should have just stripped her of the title and just said, hey, we're going to do a different thing. And when she's better, she'll come back and she'll be the first person to contend for it. Like, but yeah, the interim championship thing is getting a little tired. Yeah, I think with Thunder Rosa, is she is so beloved by so many people that there's quite a few who specifically just watch the programming for her. Yes, from the fan base and, perspective, yeah. Yeah, from the fan base perspective. And I think that Tony knows that and realizes that. And that's probably pretty much one of the only people on his rosters that are like that because nobody else well i don't i can't name another person who would be like that mm-hmm. you yeah know? yeah Fox says he thinks it's disrespectful to storm 30 days and that is all give her a shout when she comes back i don't know if calling an interim championship is disrespectful to to storm i think storm's being more disrespectful from not respecting thunder mm-hmm. and just being like you know i have no problem holding up this division and i can't wait to fight you know the the champ when she comes back like mm-hmm. you know like for storm to be undermining her consistently and constantly talking about like if she's injured or not like it's just that's to me it's feeding into storm's ego and makes her kind of look shitty in my mind yeah. as much as i'm a fan of tony and i've really liked her for a long time the more she talks about thunder the less and less i like her i'm like show some respect mm-hmm. for people who are actually injured mm-hmm. you know Stupid. So Fox to say, I'm so scared that Soraya is going to face Brit and get hurt right off the bat. I know. Me too, man. Well, I also think there's a really good chance of that. Here's my comment about that, Butter Fox. She wants to wrestle so bad. She knows. I think. I hope she knows. She she knows what she's getting into. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um. Let's see. Going through some of the AEW stuff, though. I don't think I have anything else to say about Thunder Rosa and. She yeah, there, but I want to rewind before we go further into um, yeah. Dynamite. Let's rewind to uh, Rampage. Okay, what happened on Rampage? Got a big bee in my bonnet that just needs to explode. That makes sense. Of all of the <laughs> moves that Tony Khan has done, this one was not a good move at all. What, what did he do? Uh, all of a sudden, Maria Canellis Bennett, Mike Bennett, and the man who uh, single-handedly uh, helped destroy ROH, Matt Taven, showed up. Oh, that's such a non... I mean, yeah, put him on Rampage. Who cares? Well, no, 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 no. I do not want Matt Taven anywhere near any of the damn AEW product. Because one, it's like, first of all, you suck, okay? And when we start seeing shit like this happen... Next thing you know, we're going to bully Ray here and all this other shit. And, you know, and Tony's such a fucking ECW mark and probably gets a hard on just thinking about the future and what that could kind of hold. No, these were people and not Mike and Maria, because I love Mike and Maria. OK, this was a man who basically ruined the company he bought. Do we want that again? No, I don't want that. No, he needs to be far away because it just brings trouble. I don't care about any of them. If they're on Rampage, I care even less. Like, they might as well not be on the product. He's (laughs) taking TV time away from people who 
Where, it's where are it's they? Rampage. No, doesn't matter. That's where you'd find Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. You know? But it's where not where you should been? find them. It's still nowhere. You know, I mean, Rampage is such a non-issue. I know, issue. it's still nowhere, but still, it was better than nothing. You know? We've seen more Brian Cage since his return than we've seen Brian Cage when he was really with... when he wasn't Ring yeah. when he was AEW. When he was Plus Cage. the other thing, too, is they didn't say they signed any of those three. They just put them on there and... I know, but still, it doesn't matter. I don't want their fans around. They're awful people. Yeah. I don't even want them at Ring of Honor, to be quite honest, because I'm like, gosh, that's the only place I can go see Colt Cabana, and you're going to throw that in there. Yeah, they definitely don't make me tune in. No. No, he's Uh, awful, and his fans are awful, and I'm not going any anyway. Yeah, no, please, Tony Khan, stop, okay? If you're going to make moves like this, okay... Be a fucking man. Grow a set of cojones and do the one thing that no one wants to do. I would do it. Fucking bring Marty Squirrel to TV, okay? He's less problematic than fucking that baby. But I'm not going to go there. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. But you did. You already did it. But I did. But yes. So, anyways, I'm off my soapbox. The bee has oh. now flown out of my bonnet. And I'm fine. Uh, Spinner Fox says they say it all the time, though. Interim this, interim that. Shut the, cut the shit. Yeah. Them saying it is fine. Tony undermining it is a problem mm-hmm. to me. Because she's also supposed to be a fan favorite, right? She's not a heel. That's a real asshole thing to do, to go out there and say that somebody who's actually injured is pretending for sake of you want to be called the champion and not the interim champion. Mm-hmm. Like, And this is a person that's beloved by a lot of, a lot of you know, yeah. fans of women wrestling, fans of that division. If they even have fans, let's go there. Uh, Spinner Fox says, I seen a tweet from Mercedes Martinez looking for a challenger. I thought she was hurt. I don't even know where she's been. She's the women's champion for ROH, isn't she? Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know what? She was, if she was hurt, she's had a lot of time to recover. Done a lot of time. Uh, yeah, says, like, so now what the fuck, Tony? Why are you not putting that title on TV like all the others? Yeah. What is beef? Mm-hmm. With, what is this beef with the women? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, and speaking of Rampage next week, I really hope that um, um, Nyla gives Jade Cargill back her belt because Jade has now threatened to take over Rampage the whole hour. Whatever, let her. No one's watching. Yeah, I know. Let her have it. Let her do a whole episode. Matter of fact, it might actually be really funny to watch her try and run a whole episode. That You know what? You're right. Now that you, you make me think about it. It might be that, a reason but... to worth watch. It might be worth watching Rampage if Cargill's trying to carry an entire hour. I'd be hysterical. <laughs> like, what is she going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? No, what's she going to do? Cut that shit, yeah. Tony? How many yeah. times can you say that? You can't even carry a 10 minute match. What are you going to do for an hour? It was going to be great. I can't even. Yeah. You can't even In a three minute uh, scripted promo, you can't do. Yeah. It's great. Same thing. Yeah. No, no. Fox doesn't want to watch AEW until the Elite comes back. I really don't want to watch it until Thunder Rosa comes back, if I'm being honest, too. Um, uh, well. What do you think about, like, the, the so, thing. like, the opening thing, the Death Triangle versus Orange Cassidy and yeah. Best Friends. I didn't give a shit about any of that. I didn't even watch it. I heard Orange Cassidy well, brought his belt in a in backpack. A backpack. Yeah. Huh. He brought it in a backpack because he's too cool for school. Uh, a lot of Orange Cassidy cosplayers out there, little kids and women. Um, but what's interesting, I guess, is I think Pac's going to turn on the triangle because okay. they're going to give the Lucha brothers a, a face run again. But you know, honestly, like 
you know, I think maybe my pop might be going back. I wonder. You think? Maybe. You know, the stuff that he did in NXT with Triple H was pretty remarkable. I was gonna say, wasn't like, wasn't he a Triple H guy? Yeah, because he was also big on the two hundred five live, and that was a Triple H project. So it it makes sense. It wouldn't be a shock now that you mention it. Yeah, it would be yeah, a surprise, would be. but it wouldn't be like, how could this happen? You'd be like, oh shit, it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, where Fox says he ripped off Kylie Ray's gimmick. Damn it, that backpack thing was uh, her thing in Warrior Wrestling. Yeah, and they're actually friends, didn't they? Do a lot of stuff together, Cassidy and Kylie Ray. I don't know. That they I did a bunch know. together. Maybe they did. I don't know. Unless she did a lot. Unless she did a lot of like um, Beyond Wrestling and stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah. It's the only women woman I ever really associate with Beyond Wrestling is a piece of shit woman. Mm-hmm. I know Early. that she. Uh, we watched her match with Orange Cassidy the once, and they had really nice chemistry together. Um, you can see Renee mm-hmm. Paquette doing all the backstage interviews was fine. Mm-hmm. I don't. So I like Renee. I think she does a good job. I'm a little confused at the people who are trying to pretend like it's a bigger deal than it is. Renee's not going to change the feel of the whole show. She's not suddenly bringing this massive credibility to the whole show. She's just making those segments flow better and sound better. Mm -hmm. Like she's an enhancement for sure. Yeah. yeah, But it's weird the way people are all like, oh, this is it. This is going to change everything. She's not in charge of everything. (laughs) She's like, she's just making the interview sound a little bit better. Hmm. No, I think it would be more impactful if she got back into doing commentary again. Yes. That yes. would be a little bit more impactful. Um, but let's be real. Do we want, like, you know, like, Marvez to keep interviewing people? Yeah, I'm, yeah, we needed a new better person backstage. Like, so. so, like, dude, I, I get it. Like, no, no. But, you know, it... You know, not, it's 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 okay. It's a change of pace. You know, but, I was thinking. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a change of pace, and it's good. I mean, and really realistically, like, unfortunately, she's doing a backstage interview with Dana Bryan and Wheeler, and once Wheeler started talking, the whole flow of the thing just shifted into play wrestling. It was so crazy. Renee yeah. and Daniel go back and forth so smooth and effortlessly and conversational and so realistically and naturally. And Wheeler can't help but be a cartoon. Like, he's just not used to acting normal. He's acting, mm-hmm. acting. So hit all of his reactions, oh, oh. Like, mm-hmm. is that how you react as a person? If it is, like, you need to chill down. And then when he started talking, it was that wrestler cadence and this, like, over-exaggeration. And you're like, he suddenly stood out in not the best way being surrounded by the two of them because they've also worked yeah. so much together they're so natural together this is going to be easy for them mm-hmm. Wheeler's not taking enough pointers from them I'm not saying that they're giving him and he's ignoring them I'm saying he's not studying what they're doing enough yeah. you know and then what made me laugh too is the camera work again why does AEW have such shitty camera work yes there was a there was a they, there was a shot where they were on her when he was going off on something and she just was just like what the fuck on yeah. her face and then they showed yeah. Dan- they showed Daniel, you know, um, Brian Danielson. He had that look on his face, and I'm like, Jesus, yeah, this looks like a train wreck. Yeah, it was yeah. bad. Uh, Spin Fox does say, go ahead. When you put shit on, well, that's what happens when you put shit on people who aren't fully. They're not ready. Care. Yeah, they're not ready. 
It's not not, I'm not saying every one has to be fucking Ricky Starks on the microphone. You just give them the microphone and they're just like, oh, it's great. No. There's I can't help but laugh little a little bit because, I mean, Sir Fox even says it. Uh, Yuta was so hot, now I don't know. When he first joined with Blackpool Combat Club and he had his first match with, like, Mox, people online, which we even said at the time, was like, relax. But they were online being like, it's like we're watching The Rock and Stone Cold and this is the guy who's going to carry the whole company. And you're like, okay, you're getting way ahead of yourself. He's nowhere near that. Not that he can't get there, but he's not there. And it feels like Tony thinks he was there too and just goes, oh yeah, give him everything. And then he's falling on his face and it's like, how could this not, how could this have happened? You're like, cause you're not playing to people's strengths. But why isn't he like people who, you know, can hit it out of the park. Why doesn't he do Why doesn't he do it? Why is he getting shy with it? Yep. Yep. Uh, Spin Fox says AEW's on life support. Mox is starting to piss me off. That's kind of funny. Uh, and I'm back and forth on Mox a lot. I think I like some of the stuff. I don't like others. I was noticing that there's like a, there's a big issue with a lot of these guys who get themselves over the Moxes, mm-hmm. the MJFs. They, they go against everything that I've heard Paul Heyman ever say about what takes, what makes a good promo and how do you build people? Right. And even Becky Lynch was in a, an interview this past week and she talked about the, difference between being a babyface and a heel being a babyface it's all about me how do i make myself look good and guys cheer me and guys need to follow me and this is what makes me great and there's a very self-centeredness to being a babyface which is really tough because it's also like you also have to like me but i have to be speaking on behalf of me and saying i'm doing it for you and so it's this altruistic self-obsession right where with a heel it's all about making that person look good you're supposed to hate me and everything i say and do is supposed to make you go no no no, that's true of the other person and and no you're mm-hmm. you're being an asshole that person's working hard and all this right mm-hmm. so when i listen to like moxley and mjf and you know these good talkers all they're trying to do is tear down the other person they're not building up and paul Heyman said this a good promo builds up your opponent into something that's fantastical so when you beat them you've beat something you've beat someone you've made it mean something every time mox grabs mike and talks on someone he just tries to rip them up like they're nothing and then if he beats them you go i guess you were right like you beat up a dude who was a goof like they're not building each other up and building themselves up i think that's why they're having a hard time like making these next level stars and stuff is because it's like every time you get someone up their gig now is to tear the rest of the division down to say that this is what makes me great instead of saying that this division's so great and i'm on top of it you know mm-hmm. and i've noticed that more and more with mox's promos he's really tearing down other people and not building them up like he'll say something's kind of nice but it doesn't it's not much i've never enjoyed any of his promos to be quite honest i like some of them here and there I mean, it just, it's more of, it, it's very, it's, it, they have a purpose, obviously, but it's kind of like, dude, you know, there's just, sometimes there's just certain people who I don't think should talk. Mm-hmm. And he would be more effective if he didn't talk. Yeah, less I mean, is more. Taylor Yuda, too. I think that if he didn't yeah. talk, like before, more effective. 
but now one of the weirdest like, oh. things they did was Blackpool Combat Club was have Moxley talk more than anybody in the whole faction yeah when arguably yeah. Regal I don't even think it's an argument Regal and Dana Bryan are the two best talkers in the whole thing yeah on their whole show they're the two best talkers that they even have in a company and to shut them up so Moxley and Wheeler can talk more was really weird yeah but they Spin let Fox. Phil run, in, run his mouth, you know. Yeah, nonstop. Spin Fox says, would love to see you to turn heel and join MJF. I think that'd be cool, but I think I'm tired of MJF having cronies in general. I'm tired of factions. I'm factions. tired of, you know, I'm tired of all of that, you know? Like, why can't people stand on their own? I mean, that's what's interesting about this MJF thing, if he's going to really do this on his own and yeah. not cheat or whatever. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I kind of would like to cap right. But again, that's where it's like, no. And I think that, um, I don't know, I just feel that, I don't know. It, it's just really, it's really weird. It's just, you know, we don't need all of these. Because another one that I, I did not know this and, and I was like, wow, I had to double take. So I guess there's a new tag team called the Varsity Athletes. What are you talking about? Tony Nese and uh, uh, who the hell is it? Uh, Smart Mark Sterling's dudes. So it's Tony Nese and whoever the hell else. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, they made them a tag team called the Vars- Varsity Athletes. I saw this on it was one of the promos for next week or Rampage or whatever. And I, because I guess they're going to be facing the acclaimed, or maybe it's next Wednesday. I don't know, but I was like, wait a minute. At first, I was like, the varsity athletes. I'm like, I didn't know they renamed Griffin Pillman. And I looked, I'm like, oh, no, that's not Griffin Pillman. Tony Khan needs some, he needs to think about some things. I was like, yeah, that's a mess. That's a mess. Uh, That's tacky. Let's see. uh, Spin Fox says he feels like Regal's going to turn on Blackpool Combat. I could see that. I don't, I didn't see it at first. Until he says in his same chat, he's um, Regal's. Regal is going to turn, and he's going to win like that. Like I could see Regal turning and helping MJF winning, and saying, "That's it. That's the fire I wanted out of you." And then now his mentor is Regal, and the two of them could run shop for sure. Uh, yeah, and he said, "What yeah. happened to Cesaro?" And he said, "Joshua, which is the guy you're thinking of, but it's all irrelevant because it's not part of the show we're talking about." Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's see. And to get back on topic a little bit, Jay Lethal and Darby Allen, I didn't really listen or watch any of this. No. It, to be quite honest, that's a very boring flat two people to be wrestling each other. It was weird. And it's weird not to see Sting. Yeah. So, yeah. That's where I'm kind of like, huh? Where, where's Dad? Why isn't Dad helping out here? Blessed that we get to see Sanjay Dutt and his, like, fucking lameness. I love it. But I'm like, what happened to Daddy Sting? Mm. Yeah, Sting's not been around in a bit. Yeah, because winter is coming again, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he's the face of it. And the, it had the half of the thing of snow, and I've gotten all excited because I really missed that. Yeah. Splinter Fox wants MJF and Regal to go to WWE together. I think that actually be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. And if you did it right, that could be crazy. <laughs> where they're both just kind of off TV for a couple weeks. Then all of a sudden Regal comes out and he's talking on behalf of his client. Wait till you guys see. And everyone goes, no way. And then MJF comes out behind him. 
Sick. Uh, and Spoon Fox yeah. thinks it'd be funny if Steve went back to w- if uh, Sting went back to WWE as well. It'd be funny. Well, you know, hey, you never you, you never know. You never know. I mean, face wh- off with what Cody. they're trying to get. Yeah. Well, who was all trying to go back? Hawk yeah. definitely. That's what we were talking about is one I think would go back. Kylo Kyle O'Reilly is injured, right? Yeah, neck fusion. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to wrestle. Yeah. So. He's off the shelf. But if he could go back, he probably would. Hmm. I don't know about Miro. That Miro is one that I had such high hopes for. Yep. You know? And it's like, mm. yeah. Oh. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, that'd be cool, though, if, if Regal shows up with MJF and they get into a feud with Cody. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. So I want to talk a little bit about this, though. The Regal MJF segment. Yes. Regal says three, four words. Mm-hmm. MJF comes out and cuts this promo. I guess before I say what I think, I want to know what you think. Because a lot of people were tweeting this out. You know, promo of the year, promo of the decade, greatest promo I've ever heard in my life. This is a classic. People will watch this forever. So when I went to go watch it, I was like, oh, it's going to be pretty fucking good. What do you think of this promo? I won't say that it's the best promo I've ever heard from of the decade, whatever. I don't think so. Because it's typical MJF kind of shit. The what was me, why am I whatever. Mm-hmm. Someone else pointed out that every time he cuts a promo, he seems to have a new origin story. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and they all work. And I was like, but they don't all work because that is a collision no. of 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 um canon. You know what I mean? Like, is this why yeah. you're mad or not? What do you? What drives yeah. you? Like, like, I don't understand why you're mad. I think you're just may- maybe mad because I I I figure MJF, the character of MJF, is like Veruca Salt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I want I want everything, Daddy. Yes. La la la. And I'll bitch and moan until I get my way. Yep. That's MJF. So if you yeah, kind of lie and tweet the story, yeah, that would be something I, I could see like a Veruca assault would do. Now, mm-hmm. does it help his case any? No. Because yeah. people are stupid and tend to forget. Not a lot of people are going to hold hold it, it to the chest and like they're not going to call him out on it. But most people, most the typical fans, they're just like, "Oh, he's burning everybody!" Blah blah blah, you know. So, I mean, it's good. It's not the greatest. Is it impactful for what he's trying to get across? Yeah, for the most part. But yeah. you know, I mean, you also got to kind of think of what are people saying is like the like what whose promo are they comparing it to saying it's one of the best? Are you comparing it to Phil's pipe bomb? Are you mm-hmm. comparing it to I don't know. Yeah, what's the comparison? It's a good question. Spinifex does say MJF remakes all of his promos about his childhoods, etc. Also, can you mm-hmm. really believe him? Yeah, every time it's another childhood thing, right? Which I yeah. guess to a degree is in and of itself believable because he's so young. So... Mm-hmm a lot would have had to happen in his childhood that could build him up and it could be not just this one thing or this one event it's all these things combined have made me this driven right like if you told it right you could paint this big picture of just 
constantly this bullying, constantly this turn down, constantly this uh, being left behind by the people I looked up to and just boom, boom, boom. And be like, look at these 10 things created such a chip on my shoulder and such a drive to prove everybody wrong that it also created the delusion that I believe I'm better than everybody and they know it and that's why they're jealous and that's why they made fun of me and that's why they did those things so it wasn't a me problem it was a them problem right like you could make that argument I don't think he makes that connection when he's talking you know what I mean uh, the other thing he says, like, how many times did he want to quit wrestling, being quit being a wrestler more times than Jungle Boy? That's funny. But here's my problem with the promo. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. It was long-winded. It sounded like a monologue. And Splinter Fox will like this specifically. And you'll like this. Go listen to a Ricochet promo from two years ago. His When he was doing the promos with AJ. Listen to his promos when he was in NXT. And I don't mean this in a way to knock Ricochet. I like him a lot, and his promos have come a very far way. But I think the reason people didn't like his promos was because he would start all of them out with, you know, typical wrestling trope, you know. And then he had a cadence. Listen to Ricochet's cadence and listen to MJF's cadence. Same one. MJF had typical monologue wrestling promo cadence. You know? And then with the even the, with the clever bits where he breaks, ah, uh, no, no. Like everything was so scripted and practiced that it came off as reciting. I didn't feel off the cuff. And the reason I can say that confidently, even though he'll never say he did and I wouldn't expect him to and he'll tear me up and say he, my family's ugly and call me fat and whatever. And you go, oh, you got me there. Listen to him do his interview with Sam Roberts. You can hear him be in character and have a conversation and not be reciting in cadence. That person who was on the Sam Roberts, not Sam Wrestling podcast, said basically similar things, stayed completely in character, and he does the whole I'm not in character character. And it all came off so different. It came off so genuine. It came off so off the cuff that you can hear it here as this is my wrestling promo. This is where, and this is the part where I get fired up and I yell for no reason. You know what I mean? Like the part that made this even better. Fox says this man has five different supervillain origins who is writing his stuff. DC movies. Yeah. But like I said, Spinner Fox, if you, if your origin is all of these things combined made me this asshole. Sure. You know what I mean? It Maybe it wasn't one thing. Maybe that one thing wasn't enough. The second thing, okay, maybe starting to get on my nerves, right? You can you can say that they're all tied together, but his character never does. But what I'm saying is the part that made it even better is Regal. Regal's cutting this promo back, and the whole time MJF's talking, Regal's smirking, smiling at him like, you fool. You're giving me a ton of rope to hang you with, and I know how to tie a knot. Mm-hmm. And giving him this whole look like, I don't even think I believe you. MJF's whole thing, I wanted to kill myself because I didn't get this one job when I was 19, was so fucking pandering. My problem with this promo is it was as babyface as MJF has ever been, and it doesn't fit. Then Regal goes and grabs the mic, and he cuts 
the most vicious, well-spoken, natural promo I've ever heard on their TV. He schools him and completely undermined everything MJF said. And it was amazing. And I was all like, oh, this is like watching Broadway with a high school actor. You know what I mean? Like, this is a dude who is the best actor in his high school going at an audition to Shakespeare on Broadway. You don't know. There's there's levels to this, right? And Regal is such a high level. He might be the best talker. Second, maybe, to Paul Heyman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe. Regal was so good. It was amazing. Regal was absolutely amazing, and I thought it completely crushed and undermined everything MJF said. And MJF's entire promo was about how much he hates Regal. How he wanted to kill himself because he didn't get a job at 19. How he got three emails from a dude. Okay. And then Regal came back with all the best stuff. It was so good. I don't know. I loved Regal here, and I thought that he absolutely schooled MJF. And I'm hoping that that was by design, because I do think that both those guys are smart enough, and I do think that they're both capable enough, that I do think it's possible that by design... MJF was going to be overreacting in this promo to such a way that Regal can spank him to maybe create a reason for them to be partnered up. You know what I mean? Like that could work and it could be. And then we got worked and I like getting worked. (laughs) Regal made the promo. No, no, no. He made the promo because I think he saved it from the disaster it normally is to I just shut you up. Yep. And you're going to listen, you know, you're going to take this and you're going to, it's going to soak in your brain and because it needs to. And I think that that really more, I think it's more powerful to set that tone and that match, the match, the eventual match, the match with Mox. It's good that it's getting set up this way because I don't. Hearing Mox and MJF yell at each other, I really don't want to hear that. No. No need. This is where, you know, it should be at. And, <clears throat> I don't know. So I just feel like this is this is where it should be. Yeah. 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 And you, I how feel can, like... There's no way that M- MJF could answer any of that back without looking like a buffoon. So. Yeah. And then that was it too. Later on in the night, MJF comes out. I, you know, we'll talk about it when that happens. We'll get to there because we don't have a lot to get to before then. Fox to say, Regal and Yuta turn heel. You can see it. MJF calling Yuta a great wrestler. It could happen. That's true. You could absolutely have the Blackpool Combat Club split up. And you can have Yuta and Regal join MJF. And you can have Daniel Bryan, Mox, and Cesaro stay together. And maybe even bring in Daniel Garcia down the line. Whatever. Do they really need Regal? No. Where did, uh, where's, where's MJF from? Some part in New York. What part? Long Island? Long Island. Mm -hmm. The L.I. The, you know, is that, that what, is that what? Cardona does? Yeah. Yeah, well, he does like that. that, Yeah, Zach Ryder? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, yeah. 
I'm just trying to think because Blackpool Combat Club was cool because Regal's from Blackpool, but no one else is. So if they catered yeah. a similar thing to to the to MJF, mm-hmm. can you like Montauk something? Hampsteads, whatever. Hamptons. Uh, Swift Fox says, Swiss, what is he doing? Catering? Yeah, probably. Um, so Chris Jericho has a match here with Dalton Castle. Chris Jericho's calling himself the Ocho, which is clearly just a rip off the guy from football. Um, I always, I don't think of him. Oh, Chad Ochocinco? Yeah. That guy. Oh, no, yeah. I always think of, in, um, when I hear the Ocho, I would think of dodgeball. Or uh, basketball? Yeah, he used to be an eight, the Ocho. Yeah. The Was Ocho? it dodgeball? Yeah. Yeah. What uh, dodgeball? Yeah, okay, so Dalton Castle. They cut. The, they have this video package that I thought was really good because mm-hmm. it made me understand more about Dalton Castle, and I didn't know much. I've heard a lot about him. For a lot of people, say he'd be perfect for WWE. Mm-hmm. As much as I think this was a great job they did here, explaining who he was and showing him. Mm-hmm. I also just am not into him. I didn't like it. I didn't like him. No, you don't know why you don't like it. Huh. It's kind of that comedy. It's very tongue-in-cheek. Yes. It was very parody. Yeah, and it's in that same vein, almost, of, like, Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Which made me think he's perfect for AEW. But when I asked somebody about it, I was like, why do you guys think he's great for WWE? And, like, because because he's very much aware of the sports entertainment aspect and staying in character and this character is yeah. very loud and vibrant. I go, yeah, but the character is also making fun of everything. Like, he's a parody of it. Like, what makes mm-hmm. some of the funny guys in, in WWE is that they take themselves seriously as a character. AJ's hysterical because his character never seems to be making a joke. He seems to be walking himself into goofy situations and saying things on accident, but he takes it very seriously. Sami Zayn's mm-hmm. taking everything he says and does very seriously, but he's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Dalton Castle doesn't take himself seriously. Orange Cassidy doesn't take himself seriously. The elite don't take themselves seriously. The The joke is that they're joking about it. The joke is the parody. So it's just, to me, he's a perfect fit for AEW, and I think that I understand exactly why a bunch of people like him, but I don't think he's my style. He was fine in the match. The match wasn't bad. Jericho and Dalton. He's had a long time to recover from his back injuries. Yeah. But he's a one back injury away from hanging it up. Really? Mm-hmm. That sucks. Even if it's something minor. That sucks. Why do you think he wears those high-waisted pants? I did think oh. that, yeah. I thought he had like a, it looked like one of those um like back braces down there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah um fact his best part of the match was the was dalton's entrance sure i just, i mean i thought it was fine i just didn't think like i'm never gonna watch the match again it was fine yeah. he seemed good yeah. but nothing about his character i liked and i don't like this ocho thing and i don't care about jericho's ring of honor champion and one thing that always had killed me was that they let dalton castle be the ring of honor champion and Colt Commander never was and Dalton Castle won it during Colt Commander's return to Harwich oh. Is it, did it bother you because they're both jokes no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Colt Commander is not a parody of anything Colt Commander is his own in, in, his own like weird entity <laughs> yeah exactly 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I actually like I like Colt a lot. And the more I see with him, and the more I see him do stuff, the more I like him. So he's my favorite. I want to meet him proper one day. I kind of like. I uh, I eyeballed him once, and we looked at each other, and I was kind of like. You eyeballed him. Because <laughs> well, I was looking Whoa. at his table. Oh. And he had everything set out, and I was staring at the North American title, and he said something about it, like, "Oh yeah, it's the NWA," and I was like. It's pretty cool. I just kind of kept walking because I was like, no, that's that podcast guy. <laughs> He's uh, more than that podcast guy. Now, Spinnerfox says, uh, Ring of Honor has too much airtime on an AEW show. Pull the damn trigger and make uh, Rampage an ROH thing. I think, if I'm being honest, Spinnerfox, based off of the rumblings I've heard, and you heard it here first, but probably not, I do think that AEW is very close at closing a deal with HBO now to stream all the ROH product and I do think we're going to get an ROH program on HBO exclusively that's my thought nice and then Ricky Starks is going to feel like well if we're on HBO then I'm going to you know I'm my dream girl going to die sorry that just went off sorry oh my god <laughs> um that would burn right. fucking punk so bad though it'd be great you, you censure your, your mortal enemy over to something that could be on HBO and give him a bigger platform. Yeah. Smart move. Smart move, Phil. Yeah, way to go. Uh, Let's see. Main event was Moxie Hangman Page. Um, Match was fine. I didn't have any issues with it in general up until the event, right? So, I thought they were working well together. Um, I wasn't watching super closely to everything and I didn't rewind back. Did, Did Moxie get busted open by his eyebrow or did he cut himself from the placement it looked like he might have just actually nicked his head I think it was an accident I think so too which I thought was cool because it made him look tougher Mm -hmm. but like I said I didn't go back to watch because at the same time I was like look this is fine this is fine and it's working and it's cool and it's all fine Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you know the match is happening it's happening and then Adam Page so this lariat happens I've seen it now from three or four angles I'm not going to pretend to be some sort of in-ring competitor and I know what's what or who's at fault or anything like that. From the angles I saw, it looks like Moxley went for a lariat. It looked like it kind of hit Paige in the head and it looks like Paige didn't fully rotate. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means he was knocked out before he went down. I don't know if that means he got knocked out on the fall down. I don't know if it was just high is where you go when the dude's going to flip. I don't know. I'm not saying Mox is at fault at all. I'm not saying Hangman's at fault at all. I have no idea. I think both these dudes are actually very good. And I was actually surprised that Paige would have gotten hurt in a match against Mox because I feel like both those guys take pretty good care of their opponents. Mm-hmm. So it does feel like whatever it was was a basic miscalculation. You know what and I mean? I also, but I also think that in the same aspect, because when you look at kind of look at Hangman's feet, I felt like he did he get, didn't get up very high. No, but he also he did get hit. But then it also was kind of like at the same time because he was in that motion to, you know, swing the body that like he just kind of, the, the footing was lost. His footing was yeah. lost there too. And yeah, that could and have also I been think- why Moxley went high, right? It could have also been that his feet were tripping over himself, and that by yeah. the time Moxley got to his head, his head wasn't supposed to be there. 
And it I mean, because I've seen people there. go back and forth. Yeah, it just happened to be there. Uh-huh. I've seen people going back and forth, and all I'm saying is I don't think that's our place to go back and forth because it looks like a lot went yeah. wrong in that moment, and I'm sure both guys yeah. are a yeah. regretful of that moment, and b so happy it wasn't worse. Yeah. Well, I think also too a lot of the, if anything, it, even though yeah, you know he kind of got he got hit. I think it was the impact of how his face landed on the mat. I think so too, because it hit pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it hit and it hit in an angle in a way that I'm like, that's not normal. Yeah. And that would take that would take a lot of people out. Yeah. I think take anyone out just because yep. the way it kind of hit, it wasn't like he hit. He kind of hit on its side, like that, side and down. Yeah, that's not a normal way to fall. You either fall on your face or you, you know, whatever. But yeah. it was at a weird face was in a weird position. I agree. It was it was weird and it sucked. And um, I saw some people trying to say they thought it was a work to get MJF out there. I think all of that was inaudible. Spinner Fox says that Moxie has that Nate Diaz scar tissue. That's funny. Uh, he goes, <laughs> I'm gonna go. He goes, I'm gonna play devil's advocate though. He goes, Mox has now hurt Phil and Paige. Just saying. Also, they were. Uh, they were way too close to the turnbuckle. The spot should have been more center to the ring, maybe. D- depending on how he fell or where he fell, like I don't think that that was a factor on him being injured. Maybe no. that's just like a hindsight detail where you could always say like, yeah, it's probably better to go in the middle for something like that. But I don't think it would have made a difference where they were. No, um, no, because that sort of, that normally those shots get landed everywhere, all over the, the place. Yeah. yeah, I've seen those get landed on the apron. Uh, yeah. Spencer Fox says the reverse backflip from the back suplex was scary too prior to the injury. Yeah, and who knows what kind of fatigue or kind of other kind of rattlings they could have had that could have contributed to that. Said Paige mm-hmm. almost landed on his head there. Uh, I will say as far as like Moxley hurting Phil, Phil got hurt in every single match he was in. And most of the time it was his own fucking Phil's fault. Phil's a puss. Phil's a puss. Yeah. And so. you know what? If he injured, if Mox injured him, absolutely or whatever yeah, actually, but he's I a puss he's I a puss <laughs> UFC my god yeah the god he, he talks yeah. a lot of shit but he's the softest person I, I think I've ever seen in my life yes I would wouldn't even if someone offered me money to get into a fight with punk I wouldn't even like ask how much I would just be like okay I'll take like, money hold on you don't have to pay for it and it's said just hold my phone video this yeah. hold on i have a look in the phone hold this one's for you and just wham oh yeah dude looks glass yeah. jaws fuck um so so that happens and it's unfortunate and clearly they're trying to kill time because there's still like 10 minutes left in the show almost probably not 10, I will say like five i also wanted to make this comment i'm uh-huh. glad it was paul Turner in the ring and not anybody else yes because yes i thought that too because the minute because Paul, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people like to make fun of Paul Turner. And like, oh, he didn't see this and that and your, the rest. But he saw the whole, he saw it all. And the the impact from getting punched and the whole flippy, because of also his positioning. And when yes. he immediately went to Hangman, I'm like, something is really. really Not scary. only did he go to Hangman, he got between Hangman and Mox. Mm-hmm. So Mox would have to get over him to get the page. So he could mm-hmm. tell Mox not to. Mox mm-hmm. also wasn't stupid and wasn't rushing it and stuff like that. Mox mm-hmm. was very receptive. Mm-hmm. But Paul stayed between the two of them so he could... Then when Paul went over to him, 
Don't grab it, Well, and he could even don't like talk. It. He even talked over his shoulder towards Mox at certain points. He's looking at him. He's talking. He stayed between them. So his positioning, I'm saying, was super beneficial to the health of Hangman and the ability to continue the story and knowing they're on live TV and having Mox not look worse than he may look if he got... Imagine if he was knocked out and he just grabbed him like they've done some of these other guys. Paul's like, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen when I'm in the ring and didn't. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because a lot of these guys just start grabbing people by the head while they're knocked out. We see it all the time over there. It's crazy. So yeah, Paul Turner did an amazing yeah. job. Yeah. I think Aubrey Edwards probably would have just sat there for a minute and then you know reacted. She would have been probably the slowest to react. I think if you were to say who would be the next person who probably, if you were to say if someone were to, if you had a ranking system, I think the second one actually shockingly would probably be Bryce Remsburg. Actually, I think and, Stephen Smith is still over there and he's very good. He came from NXT. Is, is Stephen Smith still there? I didn't I didn't know if he actually, was Actually, now you mentioned I haven't seen him in a while. Maybe he didn't last because he's yeah, good. I haven't seen him in a while, but if he's there, yeah. I would put him there. Yeah. But, Bryce Remberg, Remsburg, and the only reason why I yeah, say that because he is, cares. Remember, he does. He was doing GCW yeah. and those types of shows for a long time because yeah. that was his area that he was in. He lived in, so yeah. definitely he. Yeah, because he's. says, imagine if Edwards was in the ring, that'd be scary. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, Hangman might be dead. Yeah, let's go there. I fucking hate that bitch. I would hate her even more. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. terrible. Uh, let me see. So they, because they did say this afterwards, and we'll get to the 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 other thing in just a second. Hangman Page was taken to the. They said it on their uh, website, uh, on their Twitter, was taken tonight by medical personnel to a Cincinnati trauma center and was diagnosed with a concussion. He was discharged and will re- remain in AEW's concussion protocol, which I thought immediately brought up a couple questions. A, when did you guys get concussion protocol? And B. Isn't your concussion protocol to drag them through the rest of the match anyways? Isn't that what they show us week after week that their concussion protocol is? Okay. I was all like, uh-oh, they're going to make him go back out there and finish the match. Uh, yeah, so they said that. So, I mean, luckily it was a concussion and not a broken neck, not nerve damage. The guy's going to be okay. Whether or not he can ever wrestle again is going to be up to their doctors and all of that. And that is one thing. And that is always unfortunate if it gets to that point. You don't want too many concussions, obviously, right? All that. But, but they like if there's a trade-off... Well, yeah, they don't have actual concussion protocol. But I'm saying, depending on how Adam Page talks to his doctors, could be different than how Sammy Guevara talks to his. And all we know is Tony's not talking to any and just taking people's words for shit. So if Page decides he doesn't want to risk that anymore because he's got a kid like i would get it you know and all i'm saying is at the end of the day when it comes to injuries it makes it if if you have to end your career and one of them allows you to walk away and one of them wouldn't allow you to walk away if an injury's going to do it i think that's the one to do it you know what i mean like that's and i mean like and that's obviously that's beyond speculation. He's not anywhere commented on the idea of potentially retiring. I'm just saying, yo, that dude's got a brand new baby. That was really fucking close. That kind of thing can scare a person. Like a kind of thing could make someone reevaluate everything they're doing. And he's been in the news for a lot of negative stuff. And he's been backstage dealing with a lot of negative things. So it wouldn't shock me. 
I'd be bummed, but I wouldn't be shocked, yeah. you know? And I think that uh, um, most importantly, support him in whatever decision he makes, because whatever decision he's going to make, is going to be the decision yeah. that's best for him and his family based off all the information that none of us have. That's all I'm saying, you know? Uh, Spinner Fox says, I bet it all happened after Cole got one. Shouts to Jay for knowing Cole was in danger. Mm, yeah. Um, was it, Who was in the ring with Cole when he got concussed? You said Jay, and the only Jay I can think of is Jay Lethal. Yeah. I don't think he was in a match with Jay Lethal. Mm-mm. So I don't... I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention, I guess. Spinner Fox says, um, oh, Jay White and Okada. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, Mr. Fox says, um, AEW is totally falling apart from injuries and, uh, and is one problem. Yep. The wife could say you're done. Go back to being a teacher. That's true. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. And all I'm saying is this is scary and he's got a lot to think about. And if he comes back, I'll be more than happy to watch his matches and his promos when he comes back. And if he doesn't, then I'm going to wish him the absolute best and thank him for what he gave us while he did, you know, like, they're gonna know more than than we are. Oh, I I would be a little sad because um, sure I was supposed to do some stuff for for um, Hangman, which I didn't get to do. But gear, mm-hmm. gonna bedazzle some stuff. He wanted he wanted blingy bandanas and uh, my consultation on some bling. <laughs> Not afraid of bling. Yep. Um, but then, so after the match, Moxie grabs a mic. MJF comes out. They're going to pretend like they're going to fight. They don't go to fight. MJF grabs a mic and says, no, I want to do it when you're 100% so I can talk about how I beat the shit out of you all the time. And says, I'm going to cash in at, uh, what's the next one? Full gear. Mm-hmm. Which was a super babyface thing to do. To call your shot like that. Like, they're going heavy on MJF as a babyface. Using mental health. Using suicide using uh calling a shot like not trying to be underhanded not having anybody come by his side and take care of business for him being told by regal that he has to do this on his own like this is a super mjf babyface push i don't think i love it but i'm not against it entirely he is getting cheered more than everyone else as soon as the music hit the the arena just ah, can't can't deny it But I just think that his character works as an asshole who's meant to be booed. And I think that I think although he gets a good job, he does a good job of turning them to boo towards him. I think the more important thing is he's able to get people to cheer the baby face by the end of it. Right. He's being cheered when he gets out. Yes. But he is able to get the baby face cheered before he leaves. And that's important. Uh, Spin Fox says, I wonder if he got a concussion from his headshot from the last week, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, what do you think about the MJF babyface turn? It's pretty much in full effect at this point. Weird. Yeah. It seems like... Booking 101, you have to have a bad guy and you have to have a good guy. Yeah. And... I don't see Mox as either one. I see him as he just is in the middle. He just does his own shit. He just does his shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was waiting for when Regal called him Sunshine. I was waiting for the whole fucking thing of 
when he when MJF was on uh, Rosie O'Donnell's show and he sung "You Are My Sunshine." Mm-hmm. And then Lapel, yeah, made a limited edition pin, which, by the way, I do have an extra. Mm-hmm. It's cute. They only made like I think a hundred of them or something. I have two of them, so if you want one, Mark, I will gladly hand you one. Two of what? Are you talking about that Cole Cabana plush? No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna hold on. I'm going black on the screen. No, 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 no. no. Let me show you. Hold on, I gotta pull it out. All right. Okay, hold on, because I can't remember where I put it. Where did I put it? Hold on. Is it in here? Ooh. Okay, I don't remember where I put it. Wait. Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Fox does say while you grab that that he thinks it's a swerve. He's calling it now. There's no way not buying it. And I think that there's a big part of that too. Is it does seem like it because all his origin stories, he always ends up saying like, "Oh, you believed that? I was full of shit the whole time." Like even the CM Punk thing all came down to, "Oh, I was lying about it the whole time." And you okay? Well, I guess you're lying about it. Um. So I could see that, and it would be a cool way to bring over um, Regal, I think. But um, okay, can't find it. Hold on, coming back. Can't find it. Whoop! I'll have to find it and show you it. All right. I, uh, I found my box of my big box of pins. So um, I was like, "Oh, my wrestling pins! I have some for you just to give you." Okay. Oh, that's also, by the way, cheers and happy birthday to Miss Amanda Jane. We do have something for you that, um, due to this week being busier than we expected, we didn't mail out, but it will be mailed out probably this weekend. Oh, yeah. So, this so birthday was this birthday. I was totally unexpected, and you didn't expect your birthday. Well, no, this week has been busy unexpectedly, <laughs> but I did get two birthday shoutouts from people. Yeah. That I adore. So thank you, Martin. You had some shout outs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. In my, slid in my DMs, little Marty. And another surprise one that I was shocked. Osprey? No, fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. No, he probably wished me death. Mm. And man, fucking so bar together. Got that bitch. No. Ricky, Ricky. Uh, You're Ricky. Very good. That's cool. I expect that. So Cole Cabana. Yeah. What the fuck? No, I'm just Oof. kidding. No. Ooh, he's slacking. No, no, no. He's slacking. No, 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 no. No. But I did, at least I had to acknowledge. Yeah. There was one, I'm like, yeah, let's acknowledge back to the time when Cole Cabana got me like a really great birthday gift. I gave yeah. him a little shit about it, though. That's fine. But it was great. No, that's what the fuck I got says, Marty uh... to sing happy birthday to me. This was before cameo, and people thought that it would be cool to like spend money and have someone like wish you a happy birthday or yell at you or whatever. Yeah, he had to. Yeah. He begged Marty to just Marty and Winston to make a message for me for my birthday. But also, then again, he also did book a match on my birthday in California mm-hmm. because at that time it was on a Thursday. So I lucked out. So happy birthday to me. Mm-hmm. Fox says, uh, if Phil comes back to face MJF for the title, I'm so done. You're really going to give Phil the title again after all the injuries and bullshit. No, yeah, okay. If they do one, anywhere near that, that'd be ridiculous. No one no one wants to see Phil versus MJF. I don't. We all know there's Not only now. one Jew. 
There's only one Jew anyone wants to see fight Phil. Oh my god. All right, let's talk NXT. Enough said. Enough said. Oh my god. It's going to happen. So it'll happen. A bunch of dynamite I was kind of in and out of. Um, this NXT, I know they did really heavy because um, they're directly against MBA and such. Oh, that was the other thing. People uh, going back and forth about like how they felt that, or that they were trying to say that there's an edict in WWE that they could not lose the ratings against AEW the night that they're going head to head the same night and all that. Such bullshit. I don't believe that for three seconds, given that the amount of interviews we've heard from people who worked in NXT at the time, but Triple H himself saying like, yeah, it's a thing, but we don't care when they win that. Like, that's not what we're doing. We're here to make our, our network happy, right? Like they've never given a shit about how AEW is doing long-term wise or even short-term. Like they're more concerned about what they're doing when they need to do it. Right. So they had, ma- they had massive competition from the NBA at the same time. And so they put a bunch of main roster talent on their show. And I'll be honest, I feel like it made the show a lot better than it's been. Mm-hmm. Even though it didn't seem necessarily like cohesive and storyline because like Shotzi Blackheart is out here all of a sudden and what for and Rhea and Roxanne are having a match. And is there really much of a story there? Not really. Their presence and their ability and the way that they were all able to, uh, raise each other's stock and who they're in the ring with made this show seem so good to me i enjoyed almost the entire thing same here there's a few bits here and there where i I was like man i loved um i love cora jade and um and raquel raquel that was was that was it was so good it was like really humbling cora jade and i thought that was a really good way to do it the only thing that was upsetting about it is that Raquel hasn't had matches that good on SmackDown. Why is That's, all of her good stuff in NXT? What's going on with her? She's shaken by the big arenas or something. Maybe. And it, because remember, you know, I mean, it when you're when you were in that smaller kind of crowd environment, and then all of a sudden you're like, boom, I'm with you know, ten million people. Some people it doesn't click, and others no. it does right away. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, and it also, I also think it depends on what you're having them do as well. Mm-hmm. I thought Roxanne and Rhea worked amazing together. I love mm-hmm. that. And, and Rhea, I thought, did an amazing job of looking like and acting like she was a bigger deal than when she left. A lot of them yeah. leave and come back and say, look at me, I'm a big deal again. And I'm the same big deal I was when I left. Like, they come in at the same level almost, right? Like... Okay. But guys like Finn and Rhea, when they come back, it's I'm a boom. bigger star than ever. Like boom! Like if you like, if you thought I was good then, wait till you see this now. Like yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And Rhea did an amazing job of that, and I thought she did an awesome job raising Roxanne's stock. Mm-hmm. That was I even thought that the Good Brothers did an amazing job with Cameron. Okay, let me tell you, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little upset. When it wasn't LA night, it, I, was I was And then I sat there. I weeped a little in fetal position, and I, I was like, "I don't get it." But then again, they did have time on Impact. But I'm like, I, 
I would be pro camera grind joining the bullet club but anyway i'm yeah at this point but yeah I'm, shit, yeah woo, to the moon and japan mm-hmm. yeah no, <laughs> but no but i was actually it was kind of a nice little it was nice to see to see that it was nice to see gallows and um anderson do you know some kind of you know do something it was really good, and I was really surprised at how good they've been doing, how good they were on Raw. I was surprised mm-hmm. at how, like, I feel like with a third person, they bounce off so well. And when it's just the yeah. two of them, they get out of hand. And I feel like they need a little bit of a balancing, you know? The way they were with Cameron Grimes was awesome. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's where I was like, okay, I, I, I can get out of the fetal position and stop crying. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. like, Yeah. Because I was like, God, LA Knight, man, him and oh, Jesus Christ. I'm like, that just. Yeah, the fact it wasn't LA Knight, I was immediately like, that's weird, but. Um, the Grace and Walter. But I like what we cool. got. Yes. Like what we got. I thought it was also amazing to open up with Rhea and Roxanne. I just can't put that match over enough. I've watched that match three times. Yeah. And then a part of me was like, maybe they should have saved that for a little bit later. Yeah. That could have made right. it, I think. But I yeah. get why it didn't. Um, and then stacks with the surprise opponent being Shinsuke Nakamura. I did not see coming at all. The idea that Tony D'Angelo got him that I love that afterwards, Tony was, um, like congratulating stacks for staying in the fight. Like the kayfabe concept that there's no way I expected him to beat Shinsuke, but I didn't want him to give up so easy. Yeah. Like, are you willing to fight till the end? Like how long, how much do you got in you? And for him mm-hmm. to be proud of stacks for lasting as long as he did and never giving up, I thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was yeah. such a cool way of telling that. Like, yes, he shouldn't yeah. win against Shinsuke. And also mm-hmm. it's not it- a bad thing to lose to Shinsuke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it also, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it solidified Shinsuke, not that Shinsuke wasn't solid, but like it also showed that like losing to Shinsuke is also like a, Find, like when someone loses to John Cena, you go, wow, well, mm-hmm. I mean, it's John Cena. You know yeah. what I mean? For NXT to treat Shinsuke that way, where it's all like, hey, a loss to Shinsuke is inevitable. But how mm-hmm. long do you last in a match with Shinsuke? You know what I mean? Like, that was cool. I thought it was subtle. That was a cool moment. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twitter Fox says that Rhea is almost Bailey level of can't be touched. I mean, tell that to Dom. Yeah. Uh, Alba Fire versus Sonya Deville. Sonya's a little choppy still, the way she moves. But I thought it was a fine match. Alba Fire winning was cool. I really liked Mandy Rose's return. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for her to be back. I'm excited for her to feel good enough to come back. She went through a lot. Yeah. So um, yeah, I was uh, I was down. But the match itself was, you know, it was what it was. It was a, a mechanism to buy some time. Yeah. So. You have anything on that or no? No, I mean it served its purpose. Yeah. It would have liked to it have been a little bit better, but you know. Yeah. It did what it needed to do. Yeah. 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 Do you still think? Because I still feel like the Alba Fire is the right one to take the title off of Mandy. Hmm. You know, I'm. I feel in my gut 
that it's going to happen. But I can kind of feel in a way because of what's been going on with Mandy. Not yet. I'm not saying yet, but I'm saying when. I feel like Albafire loses this one. And then a couple weeks later or whatever the next little thing is, then Albafire gets it. But I feel like Halloween Havoc Mandy retain. Yeah. I think so. Or Fox it's going to be no Indy. Where she... I'm so stupid. Indy's nowhere I, near I, championship material. Yeah. No, but I think she'll... I think, if anything, like, there's going to be some kind of interference, something, or something or other. So they're going to have a rematch. That's what yes. I'm feeling about that one. I think the rematch, Alba wins. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think at that point, too, you just bring Toxic up to the main roster, wherever you need her. Yeah. Where do you need a crew, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't remember anything of Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams against Wesley and Oro Mensa. I see the I see it written down here. I don't remember it, it at all. It was okay, but honestly, like I feel that and I watched Wesley, it today. He needs his do. He needs his win. His big moment in the sun, you know. And yeah. I I fear that it's either ne- it's not going to happen, but he needs it. And Mello's one too, where I don't understand what he's doing anymore. You yeah, Mello, the... I'm like, dude, why? Why are you still down here? Yeah, move. Yo, why move you, along. Yeah, why are you down here? Yeah, yeah. I don't even mean that in like a bad way. I'm not saying like you don't belong here. I'm just saying like you no, are no, good I'm enough to like, move on. Like, what are you doing? A lot. He first weekend, he was already. Why are you even starting here? You should be here. You, you know? know who he'd be a great tag team partner for? Hmm. Mustafa Ali. Hmm. I see that. Mm-hmm. I think they could do awesome shit in the tag. Well, I don't know why they, that Must, Mustafa Ali does not get a lot of get a lot of love. The guy's good. He's good. He's good. I do okay. think that if I had to venture a guess, knowing nothing and just being an idiot on TV, and with all due respect, because I actually really like Mustafa's person and all the interviews I've seen of him, okay. I do feel like sometimes I get glimpses of potentially uh, a big ego. And I wonder if some of the times it's uh, like they've said in uh, Bruce's podcast, how sometimes the your biggest ad, ad your biggest advocate could be your biggest poison. Sometimes someone speaking too much too often about you can hurt you because sometimes it becomes yeah. like we're tired of hearing that person over and over again, just being brought up for no reason. And I wonder if sometimes the way he delivers things backstage, maybe, or his ego on stuff could have been falling on deaf ears a lot or just become too much. And I'm wondering if Triple H being in charge could be really helpful for him because he also was a 205 guy that was a Triple H guy. So yeah, maybe he can that, communicate better with him. Is um, that why um, is, let's say Dorado's going back, right? That I have no idea. Because he all of a sudden was like, oh, he's stopping taking bookings in after December. What would you do with him? I don't know. Like, I'm not even trying to be a dick, but like, I mean, the biggest thing he ever was a part of was Lucha House Party, and what know, would that do? Gonna, I know. I don't know. I'm just saying, we're gonna Lucha House Party. He's a pretty good talker, know. though. If I remember correctly, seeing some interviews, he speaks perfect English. Oh yeah, he's a nice guy. Do you think you throw him in like a legato? Do you think you go that route? You think go with that simplistic? Maybe. 
I just don't know. But we're but not the ones who have to write the TV, guy. so we don't have to know. But is he a Triple H guy? I was about to say, I was thinking about Kalisto on accident, because I was about to say that he's good friends with Sasha, but I think it's Kalisto who's doing all the stuff with Sasha right now. Because I think they're trying to do everything they can to smooth that bridge over. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, Sprint Fox says. Because I know he was the two hundred five guy. Yeah. 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 That's how. That's how I met him. When I was an interesting story. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've known him for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. He seems like a total badass too. Like I'm not trying he to talk shit on the guy. Cool dude, he's good people. He's totally good people. If someone said you can fight Lince Dorado or CM Punk, I'm taking CM Punk without flinching. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll know I'm safer. Lince Dorado can be a little... I will say this. I've seen him unmasked. The way you said that sounds disgusting. Uh, Isn't he a BJJ guy? Uh, Maybe. Like, I think he won a competition for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So, the dude's a fucking maniac. Yeah. Uh, Spin Fox says that's the problem. Or he goes, uh, that's why a year later Mandy can hold the belt for another year. I'll be honest, I wouldn't even be mad about it. I know Justin no, Todd, if he's listening, would be really mad about it, but I. Yeah. Well, yeah. All, all Mandy, all day, every day. Let's do it. Yep. Uh, he goes, that. that's a problem, though. Uh, if all these people move up, what are they going to do? The airtime. Triple H is already showing us he is a faction guy. This dude is faction hungry. The way that Kevlar former ironic no I say just because he hasn't been on but he's not former Um, massive stable guy and that's one of the things that Kevlar kept talking about in the Attitude Era that's missing now is all the factions and people going back and forth even on the old podcast we'll talk about what made factions great is you have Nation of Domination versus the Generation X as a faction versus faction bringing Disciples of Apocalypse now you can have one 10 minute segment where 15 people get airtime and you build the tension between individuals within there and now you've got five storylines between 15 people in 10 minutes um i think triple h is smart enough to do it in a way that tony khan is not if i'm being honest Uh, because he also says that you're just talking about a lot of stables but you don't like stables in aew too many stables either way it really depends on how you do it. And the problem with Tony's way of booking it is that he keeps it messy and sloppy and nonsensical. If there's a reason for these factions together, like Judgment Day is working. I think that it's possible is what I'm saying. And I think Triple H is smart enough to do it in a smart way. And when you think about all the factions in the Attitude Era, it was done very smart and really well. The problem with the factions in AEW is that they're just booked so messy because he doesn't know what he's doing. And because... Because he's leaving a lot of it up to the talent. Hey, guys, you go out there and figure it out. You know? I'm not saying it's definitely going to work. I'm just saying I have more faith. You know? In that particular thing. And, and, we're always happy to eat some old crow around here and say that we were dead-ass wrong on it. So, there's also that. Uh, Sort of fact, the only stable that matters in WWE is the bloodline. They are way OP, can't be touched. That's because they got Sami Zayn, brother. Oh. Yeah, dude. Dude, once you got Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa teaming up, how you how do you think you could touch him? That's the definition of untouchable. You got an honorary oos in the street champ. What more do you need to know? 
The rock's gonna beat him. That's all I'm gonna say. Not if Sammy's got anything to say about it. Uh, let's see, Sammy moving along. But what? if Sammy shows up in Fast and Furious 10, we know why. Oh. Dude. I feel like Sammy Zayn is a Paul Heyman-style lifer. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine if Sammy Zayn did a few movies? He'd be amazing. He probably would have done a better, more impactful job in Fast and Furious. Than Roman? Or Hobbit. Yeah. Was he in Hobbs and Shaw? He, he was, was in Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw. And Shaw. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't want to talk shit on the tribal chief like this, but I you're am. right. <laughs> I am. It's been Everyone about has- getting tired of Black Adam and them ads are pissing me off. Dude, that's my favorite part about the Zoas, is they put Black Adam on it and now they're more expensive. I tell you right now, mm. the, the, with The Rock winning, okay... I mean, what? I'm not. He's gonna beat. He's gonna beat. Which call it? Isn't that no the way. match? It, what do you mean? No way. That's the damn motherfucking. That's the real goddamn fucking. The Rock is a jabroni. He's never been tribal chief. He's going back to claim it. Okay. <laughs> he's going back. I'm gonna ask like Roman Reigns. Hey, your tattoos. Did you get them the real way? Cause that big old oh, one shit. the rock did, he got him the real fucking Samoan way, with the yeah. fucking whalebone and the fucking yeah. rusty little thingy. Yeah, you're yeah, a man when you shit. fucking get that shit done. Although I want to say, if I remember correctly, watching the thing, um, I believe Jay Uso was getting him the traditional way as well, but they fade so much that way that he started getting them touched up the traditional tattoo way, not the traditional Samoan way, okay. just so it would last longer and be more vibrant. Yeah. Which it's kind of crazy. But I mean, at the same time, I guess, like, I mean, I guess I don't know. It's just not my culture, right? I really can't speak on behalf of it. But I guess if I'm trying to, it's got to be at least a balance, right? When you're a TV star, you don't want it to look a certain way on TV. But you don't. Well, so maybe if you've already you had it, it, but then the touch ups are a different way, then maybe that that's kind of a nice little compromise. I, I, I don't know. I just have no idea. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm an idiot. Um, let me see. They fade, but they don't fade like a regular tattoo when it gets kind of grayish green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. but you want, but obviously you, you'd want to touch it up to make it look crisp. And of course, you know, the time that it takes to get it originally done, depending on what you had and where. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's messy. I remember, I think the rock, he was saying when he did his, it was like 30 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Not Fox straight, says there's video but... of it um, that Roman did it that way. The other thing is this. So I'm going to say this only because producer lady lived in Hawaii for a long time and I got to know some Hawaiians and we went out there and did some, did some stuff and we learned some about the tattoos and the tradition of it. The chief has way more tattoos than what Roman has. So for being the tribal chief, he should have both arms, the chest. He should have his legs. It should go up on yeah, the but, sides a little bit. But that, if he's a that, tribal chief. But, hello. He's a sports entertainment tribal chief. He's got the universal title, and that's all it takes nowadays. So that's the other thing. All, <clears throat> all those other chiefs, they never had the universal title. 
So they needed that stuff to prove it. Roman didn't need it because he's got the universal title. That makes sense. Culturally speaking, that makes more sense. Well, culturally speaking, you know, I would think that the chief, if the isn't it ranked also with like elders and stuff because elders are very respected in the in that in that aspect. So Probably that's why I'm saying the Rock. But anyways, depends on who comes down and wins in the fight. You know what I mean. Rock. Uh, Fox says, have you seen this leg? Maybe he does. Maybe. Uh, so then we did have a schism versus OC, which we talked about. I thought the whole match went great. Mm-hmm. And I'm liking Joe Gacy again more. Like, I'm mm-hmm. all over the place with Joe Gacy. I think he just needs direction and time to do it. And I think that when he loses direction or time, we just kind of go like, I don't know anymore. But every time he's given a direction and time, you go, oh, yeah, this guy is very good at this. Um, yep. I enjoyed the contract signing between Nikita, uh, Zoe, and Caden and Katana. That was fine. Cool. I'm ready for it. I think it's going to be a good match. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice this. Julius Creed and Damian Kemp had a backstage split screen interview. Didn't even notice that happened. I must have thought it was. A I didn't either. Interview. Okay. I didn't either. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart came out. Well, just Shotzi now. My apologies to the Blackheart. Tan. Uh, Shotzi came out, said she's gonna, um, nothing, no one's more Halloween than her. Oh, 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 oh. Zion Quinn comes out. This is my thought on Zion Quinn, and I want you to tell me what you think. The dude obviously has a great look. He talks just fine. He sounds fine on the mic. Who the fuck is he? There's no character to him. And I don't even mean that in a way like, I need a goofy gimmick or he's, was he a dentist? Like, I don't even need that kind of shit. I'm just saying he's so void of anything tangible of, of character. You know what I mean? He's dry. He's dry and he seems aimless and pointless. He's just a guy with a name and a great look. And I'm not saying that that's not even a good start. I think it's a great start, but he came out talking like like he was someone that we should all be like, happy to see which came off heelish which is fine so maybe he's a bad guy but i was still kind of like who the fuck are you and why is this and then he said the one thing he said that he'd be willing to bring the x factor to halloween havoc and i was like oh that's great because your name's zion with an x that would be an amazing thing to say if it made sense and it just doesn't make sense and it sounds too much like the waller effect you want the waller effect on your on your channel right now you want the x factor yes zion quinn is the x factor but what the fuck does that mean who is that what are you i just need some depth for him you know what i mean i don't even know and i've been trying to figure that out every time he's on tv and i'm like who are you what are you supposed to be doing are -hmm. you like just like a bootleg version of other people we've seen before i don't understand i don't know and i like him but i'm not invested Mm -hmm. because he's because he's nothing He's no one. It's like, and I want him to put something together. You know what I mean? Add some meat. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm kind of like, eh. And I think X Factor is a really good place to start. I'm the X Factor. Okay, cool. Great slogan. Great t-shirt. What does mm-hmm. the X Factor mean? Who is Zion Quinn? What does yep. getting the X Factor mean? Because the, getting the Grayson Waller effect is getting the social media clicks, right? It's getting that media attention because he's the fucking clickbait, right? What's the yep. X Factor mean? Let's let's dig into that. Let's build into that because I think there's a lot of hope for this guy. I think there's a big future for him. I think he's immensely talented. And the match was a good match, even though mm-hmm. 
to be honest, I'm not really feeling the Quincy Elliott character. I think it's overt and stereotypical, and I don't think it's a good look, and I don't... I just I'm, It doesn't connect with me in a way that makes me feel like of the dozens of gay people I know, I don't know any of them this sexually aggressive. And it just feels weird to watch it be this way. And I and all I can think about is if this was switched around, if there was a man doing this to a woman on the same TV show, would we accept it? And if the answer is no, then why are we accepting it here? Because the only answer of accepting it here, if the answer is no, is pandering. We're either pandering, patronizing, or we're being equal to. You know what I mean? So, and I don't even think Quincy Elliott's bad in the ring. I don't even think that his character in and of itself doesn't have legs. I think it does. I think it needs to be reined in the right way and it could be fantastic. You know, I even think the super diva thing is good and clever if you do it the right way. I think it's cool. I just think that they're going way too heavy on sexually aggressive towards people who are not inviting it. That it's problematic. Like this isn't even big Valboski. Like Val Venus was sexually aggressive, but the person he was being that way too was always receptive to. If Quincy Jones or if Quincy Elliott was doing this stuff, and it was towards people who wanted it or were accepting of it, it'd be completely different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? And then Quincy Elliott obviously wins, so he's going to be co-hosting Halloween Havoc with Shotzi, and I don't know what I'm supposed to make of that, but I guess that's what's going to happen, and maybe they have good chemistry, and maybe it'll be funny. I'll give it a shot. Um, do you have anything to add to any of that? No, but I thought Apollo was hosting Halloween Havoc. Nope, Shotzi is. So what was that weird bullshit with Chucky and all that shit then? No idea. But Chucky's going to be involved somehow. He was involved last year, I thought, too, where, like, every now and again, the wheel would spin, and it was turn out it was Chucky who was spinning it or some weird shit. Oh, so yeah. um, I think it'll be cool. And I do think there's a possibility, based off some of the tweets I saw, that Liv Morgan might be in an episode of Chucky and might be killed by Chucky. And if that happens, I'm going to watch that episode, and I'll be really happy for her. Um... Chase University segment I saw twice without audio and I don't regret that one bit. And then there was a backstage thing with Pretty Deadly and Edrius Amalek and I didn't even realize that happened either. I skipped that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I like this show so much. The stuff I watched I focused on and the stuff I didn't care for I ignored like it didn't it exist. It bundled together. And- <laughs> yeah, it was in these bundles and then you move on. Uh, and then there was Cora Jade versus Raquel Rodriguez, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I even love the finish. Raquel grabs the kendo stick and just beats the shit out of Cora. Cora says, yay, I won. Even though she's got the shit kicked out of her. Like, <laughs> great. Just fantastic. Raquel's a, there to do a job. Bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Raquel's there to help even the odds for Roxanne and beat the snot out of Cora. It doesn't matter if she gets the win. Cora's just like, I won. I got the W. Heelish shit. Such a good job. Yeah, and you got your ass beat. Yep. You got your ass beat, but I got the W. Uh, And then Roxanne comes out and jumps on her, too. Like, yeah. Roxanne and Cora are the future, man. Like, there's no bones Mm -hmm. about it. Um, And then Kevin Owens did Kevin Owens' show with Ilya, uh, Brombreaker, and JD McDonough. And 
Fuck, how are we going to try and pretend Kevin Owens isn't one of the greatest talkers of all time? Oh my god, I fucking... This right here was a subtle reminder to me of why I fucking love Kevin Owens. Always have. Yep. The dad jokes in there. The just just his overall sense of humor mm-hmm. and just everything. I mean, that's why I enjoyed when he did his own his own vlog when he was doing that for a while because it just was like it was very it was very him, you know, and it, it was it, it's endearing, it's hilarious. I love how the whole thing. Yeah, he's like you're like Jade Man, you're weird. You're, yeah, I talk to you. Oh, you're not your girlfriend, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just I just thought that was great. Like, sorry, HBK, I'm gonna be over here. Sorry. Yeah. Do my best. <laughs> I was dying. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's Kevin. That's Kevin Owens, and it's like if people, like a lot of people, don't think that. I know a lot of people who don't think that he's, he's even remotely funny or whatnot, and I'm like the guys. It's unintentional humor. I think he understands humor on such a deep level. That yeah. Well, look who his, like one of his best friends is. I know. Cole Cabana. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Sami Zayn. I don't know why you went that other no, way. Well, no, well, doesn't make any yeah, sense. Duh, but his other I mean, but it's Sammy. Like it is Sammy, but his yeah, other one the right of his answer. Best is Cabana. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not funny like Sammy. <laughs> They're all they're all in that little group. That was their little group of people. Like when in ROH when yeah. Punk left, that was this little group of of people. Because the one person who always kept telling him, You need to come back and he tried was was Kevin Owens. Was trying yeah. to get quote unquote like, mm, I'm not going back and then he was like, No, but you know, they're always talking about you and I'm always talking about you to them and blah. yeah. He's good people. Yeah. I love Kevin yeah. Owens. I love that he's Kevin. bringing the panda enthusiast the panda stuff back oh i bought that shirt i don't know if i posted it yet or not but i bought the panda shirt kevin owens rules and also pandas such Mm -hmm. a good shirt Mm -hmm. um but yeah Owens spinner fox says man maybe dropped the ball on her dumbass con uh well it sounded like i didn't watch nxt i think he's talking about uh core jade because she was doing a lot with aew dark for a while there she was on a bunch i think elena black was her name uh, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden she shows up in NXT and people are all like, why didn't he sign her? And if I'm being honest, if I'm being truly honest, she might not be this good if she was over there. I don't think the coaching and the mentorship that they have in AEW is on the level that NXT has. Mm-mm. So it's hard to say like Britt Baker. I'm not trying to shit on her, but here we go. Britt Baker, if she had gone to NXT, would be talked about now as one of the best in the business, mm-hmm. I think. I think her capability and her potential is vast, and I think that it's been stifled for three and a half years. I don't think she's grown much in anything but attitude and ego, and her wrestling gets worse and worse. And I think that it just wouldn't be that way had she gone to NXT. I think she would have been pushed up instead of just pushed forward. You know what I mean? She's yeah. definitely the top star in AEW. Sure, great. But when we were talking about greatest wrestling matches of women, if her name comes up at all, it's adjacent to Thunder Rosa for a reason. <laughs> you know? And so I think that it's like tough to say. Elena Black, Cora Jade, has she stayed in AEW? Would she be as good as she is right now? No. Probably safe to say probably not. She's probably better for this. 
but I guess time will tell. We'll see. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it either way. Yeah, and I will also say this: even it all in that match that was uh, Britt Baker, Madison Rain, um, Tessa Blanchard, and I can't remember who, Chelsea Green. Everyone else, well, not not really necessarily Madison Rain, but everyone else looked better than than Britt. But then again, I'm a huge Tess Blanchard lover, supporter. Um, yeah. I, Chelsea Green has gotten better now. Is she? I think so. She's better than she was. Because NXT, I don't know. They It didn't do her justice. But the stuff she does with fucking her husband. I love that stuff. And Anything Cardona's doing is great. As far as her contributions to it, I, I don't know. I guess I don't see enough impact to, to make a judgment call, but, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, was there anything else? Anything else you want to throw out there? Mm. No. I'm excited to see Halloween Havoc. Um, I, I really I want Wesley to win. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think of anybody who's in that match, he's the one who needs it the most. I think. Who? At this point, Wesley. In that yes. Modern match. Yes, he's I think Wesley should win it. Most. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope that they don't take the belts off of, um, um, of uh, Katana and. Um, Caden. Caden. I think yeah. they should retain for sure. They should retain um, because there's bigger and better things for Nikita and Zoe Stark, and it's not Tad. That's true. They're going to be better. So yeah, I mean, they, they're good together, but I mean, honestly, like no. It was forced it was for a storyline that didn't pan out, and now they're just trying to make it seem like it was not for no reason. Mm-hmm. Let them lose this one. Let them have a good showing. Let them go their separate ways. But yeah. let them always be looming in each other's stories. Do you need a hand? I got this. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, yeah. Because I think that that's kind of like the real allure of Zoe Stark and her character. You need me? I'm there. I got your back. You yep. know, and that yep. that's where I can really appreciate that part of it. Um, I agree. God, I don't even know what else is happening with that. Uh, that I, I mean, care. I want Brown oh, to retain. Red. I want yeah, Braun to retain, want... but this would be a good way to get it off Braun if you want to move him up, though. Yeah, and I would put it on Ilya. Yep, I'd have Ilya pin JD. Mm-hmm. And I will say this during the Kevin Steen, uh, not Kevin Steen, Owens, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, segment is one of the things that I love about Ilya. And damn it, he's so passionate mm-hmm. when he speaks. And Sometimes I wish a lot of other people had that passion. I mean, the guy gets so yeah. fucking overexcited that he's like dripping buckets of sweat. It's like, yeah. okay, dial it down back a little. But, I mean, it, it you can't deny that. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Certain mm-hmm. Facts does say, why has Cardona not re-signed yet? I feel like that the conversation's got to be happening, right? Like, Cardona doesn't do everything he's done and not be on their radar, mm-hmm. you know? Hello, he's uh, number 13 on PWI 500 yeah. this year. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, there's then, no way that Triple H isn't fully aware of what he's done with himself. And on the flip side, there's no way that Cardona 
isn't smart enough mm-hmm. to take a lot into consideration, right? How much money is he making now versus when he was at WWE? What is WWE truly offering him? Mm-hmm. What would he come back and do necessarily? Like, I think he's established himself in such a way where he's got a lot more on his side of the bargaining chips this time. And I think that yeah, I don't think it's as clean cut as one phone call. I'll come back, whatever the number, you know what I mean? Like, I think they'd have to he'd really talk it out. Like, he'd want something like, I need to be, you know, the head of the person just merchandising shit with these like figures and shit. The elite squad with Sam Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but like, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like that he is smart enough and has been around long enough to really make the decision based off of what is best for him in a way that we really couldn't. But yeah. I don't think for a second that they haven't called him. I think he's absolutely yeah. been in talks with them. I just don't know what it all means yet. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I kind of don't want see to right it now. happen. I don't. And the only reason why I don't is because I think that because obviously the the wife it ha- would have to be a package deal. And personally, and it's not because I love the two of them and I love the Miz, but but Miz and Maurice, man, you know it's hard to have another another like couple in there, mm. like a power couple. And WWE's the shit. And now they're traveling with their girls a lot. Yeah. I've noticed. Yeah, so I don't, you know, that's where it would be a little little hard. But I also think that Cardona. Has built him such such a great himself such a great empire. Without it, he can do. Yeah. He's got his hands almost everywhere. But yeah. if they would do something with him, that it's like okay, kind of like what they do with like um you know the Rock or Cena here and there. Have him show up every once in a blue moon. There's nothing I'll wrong. I'll be with honest. That. If Cardona came back, I would be shocked to find out it was anything more than a three year deal. I wouldn't be shocked if he came back to a one or two year deal. Yeah. To be all like. I want to come back to see what we can do and we could definitely revisit it in a year, but I don't want to end up stuck because I have so much good yeah. stuff going. If mm-hmm. he's gone for a year and comes right back to it, it could be fine. But if he's gone for too long, then he's got to rebuild. Like I'm just saying, I think the dude's super smart and he has a ton on his side. Just don't know. You know, yeah. uh, I don't think that his finances are in shambles by any means. Fred Fox says maybe he's making a shit ton of money now that he than he was in WWE. I think he's absolutely making as much or more than he was when he was in WWE through all the different things he's been doing. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take more than just money to bring him back. So I think he's financially mm-hmm. stable. And I think yeah. for the rest of his life stable. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's doing it because he likes it. He loves it. I think he makes good money doing it. And he's yeah. so happy right now doing it the way that he is that I think it's going to take a lot more than just yeah a run to bring him back his because schedule. yeah yeah the schedule look at it it's very light it's whatever you know? he wants it to be yeah then whatever he wants it to be he's like doing NWA okay they don't tape all the time but that's just it is that there's I've it seen months where he seems to be doing six or seven shows in a week and then I've seen months where he doesn't do anything at all and it's like it's heavy when he mm-hmm. wants it to be it's not when he's when he doesn't he's in exactly. control of that and that's a big deal so exactly. and I always find it funny that Tony Khan really fucked that one up yes that makes no sense to bring him in no, for like because... three spots and then be done with him like what are you doing yeah. it's like are you kidding me him Jeff Cobb I'm like are you kidding me it makes you know? no sense yeah. That makes no sense at all. And it, 
I was like, that's the kind of guy you want there, okay? And he probably would have selfishly been all, you know, I'll stick around. Let me work with the Jazzwares guys and, you know, mm-hmm. create these damn figures because that's his, his big thing. Yeah. yeah, but now he's making his own figures. Like uh, Spencer yeah. says, he's a partner of a figure company. Yeah, I think Super 7 or whatever, he's a partner of that company. Yeah. Where's my Cole Cabana one that he's, he No one gave wants Cole- that. What? No one wants that. He's trying to make Bullshit. products that will sell. Bullshit. <laughs> there is a there's a vast number of people. I have the uh, that horrible one, too. Yeah, all of his figures are horrible. <gasps> <laughs> he I had one in WWE, right? They did not give Scotty Goldman no damn figure. Come on, there was now. no Scotty Goldman figure. No, yeah. there was not a Scotty Goldman figure. All right. The only WWE merchandise that Scotty Goldman got is a poker chip from Germany. Because mm. I don't know why. That's the only one. And I think last time I saw one out there, it was going for, I should have bought it. It was going for like a dollar or something. But I was yeah. like, no, I don't need that. But that's I should have. Spinnerfox yeah. says, I bet Matt didn't kiss Tony's ass, so he, that's why he ghosted him. You're probably not wrong. And Probably not wrong there. You know, probably not wrong. Conversations I've heard. I don't know that he was impressed when he was there of the company in and of itself, but I don't know. I don't know. So, are you ready for last call? Yeah, I'm ready for last call. I think me too. Uh, Guys, check out wrestlingtherocks.com slash shop. Buy some cool merch. Pay me money. Get me some drinks. Uh, Check out Pro Wrestling Spotlight with John Arezzi. I've been doing producing over there. I've been a little bit on air here and there been really cool go to youtube.com slash pro wrestling spotlight uh for my buck uh the youtube is the best way to ingest that content the video aspect of it has been really fun to put together and really cool um the audio is all well and good but i can do more stuff with video than audio so i i jazz it up um outside of that keep uh let's see ultimate facts is how much for the doink ultimate edition i need to I got that. I got that Macho Man now. I'm not sure if I want the Macho Man now. Uh, I got to figure it out. Uh, oh, yeah, people. I need a Darbay. Can't find him still. Yeah. Yep. And um, Fashion Doll Ricky Starks over here. Yep. He's going to have clothing soon. Yep. 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 And then um, keep track of uh, Medusa's podcast, Paving the Way. You're going to be seeing some familiar faces there soon. Uh, outside of that, people can find you what, at Miss Amanda Jane with a Y. Mm-hmm. I'm at Ref Marsh. We are at WOTR the show, and we are thankful for all of you coming through, being our drinking buddies. Sterling Fox says, um, "I, the head of the table for twenty bucks from Target and the Walmart special edition Cody on the way." The spo- special edition the LJN Cody was pretty cool. Oh, the Supreme one I think he's talking about is the one where it's actually the AEW figure that he's in his uh, WrestleMania gear. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania debut Cody is an AEW figure. It's fantastic. What? Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Is that how it's labeled too? No, but it's the That's gear he wore and the jacket he wore. Oh, his, and he's um, doing Hamilton the pose. Gear? Yeah. Oh, his the Cody Hamilton gear? Yeah. That, that, oh, the Jacksonville colors. Awesome. He's talking about the L- LJN style figure. But all right, guys, uh, thank you for coming through, being our drinking buddies tonight. We'll be back next week, right here in the dive bar of the IWC for a brand new episode one. Guys, that's last call. Cheers.
Hey, producer lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the I in subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers. I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks.